In Georgia Ag and Review for the week of March 26, we had this regarding the weather. Well, it looks like this warming trend will continue as next week's forecast is again calling for above average temperatures for the southeast and most of the country. But USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey warns growers that technically we're still in spring and still in the window of a late freeze. We are still anywhere from three to four weeks away from the normal last freeze dates. So this does serve as a warning that there could be more to come if certainly a big weather pattern change that would take the jet stream on a more southward plunge to the southeast could prove devastating. And we're still not out of the woods for fruit crops, for winter wheat that's jointing and starting to head in the south well ahead of schedule. And even for early planted summer crops like corn, that could be a concern as we head forward into April And uh, again, this is just more of a warning shot than anything else, but something that we're going to have to keep an eye on as we head forward for the next month or so. And with livestock, we had Randall Wiseman with this. Well, USDA's latest cattle on feed report shows the number of cattle and calves on feed as of March 1st at 11.7 million head, 3% above March 1 of last year. USDA livestock analyst Cheryl Shagum explains why more cattle than were expected were put into feedlots. We've had rather mild weather conditions, and there were obviously producers in parts of the country who were able to keep cattle on, on, on pasture, on forage, longer than usual. The report shows placements in feedlots during February at 1.71 million head, 3% above last year, while marketing's affect cattle during February at 1.76 million was 2% below last year. And Shagum gives a couple of reasons why that's less than what most analysts had expected. To some extent, that reflects that you put so many animals in very light during the latter part of 2011, it's taking simply longer for those animals to reach market weight. So there's a bit of a delay in terms of them coming out. Another factor is that packer returns have been very, very poor, uh, negative for, for, for quite some time, they may be slowing down the pace at which they're they're buying cattle for slaughter. He said on the short term, the markets will view this report as a bit bearish. And checking in with peanut contracts, Tyron Spearman had this. Peanut contracts were issued again this past week with runner-type peanuts, a firm price of $600 per ton. That's three fifty-five from the loan and two forty-five option contract. Peanut seed contracts were an additional twenty-five dollars or six twenty-five, and there were some ten-dollar per ton hauling fees added for a total of six thirty-five on some contracts. The offer was limited to the acreage that the farmer planted last year. If contracts is signed, the seed will be provided at a dollar and ten cent per pound, up to one hundred forty pounds per acre. The poundage limit was up to four thousand five hundred per acre on irrigated. And you could contract up to 3,000 pounds per acre on dry land, or you could use your last two-year average for your contract total. Different shellers had different production limits, and that was the contract for this past week on runner-type peanuts in the southeast. There are some runner-type peanuts in the southwest, along with Spanish, up to $725 per ton. And we will wrap up for this week with a well-researched Everett Griner. Now, there's little doubt the U.S. is the world leader in sustainable food production has been for generations. The reason is research. We stay ahead of the curve on crops and the tools that produce them. Hard economic times is changing that, however. Agricultural research is now vulnerable to budget cuts at all levels. A couple of farm state legislators have come up with a pretty good plan. Tax-exempt donations worked for the medical profession. In fact, it's been the salvation of medical research. Why not give agricultural research a shot? Tax-exempt donations could take up the slack, which has been mostly government-supported. I think it's safe to assume that as research declines, so will food production. 
Food production has risen steadily since the 1940s, and this is not the time to allow it to falter. Tax-exempt contributions. They'd help a lot. And remember, you can find these stories along with all the week's Southeast Agnet reports on our website at southeastagnet.com. I'm Julie McPeak with Southeast Agnet's podcast.